Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trader Cup Crypto Podcast. Today's guest joins us from all the way out in a beautiful part of the world in South Africa, Cape Town to be precise. I've got Matthew Finlayson. He's a co-founder at Evictus Capital, who has a number of different funds under management at the moment. And I'm looking forward to speaking to him about a number of those funds, especially the Crypto 10 uh, Index Fund. So thank you so much for your time today, mate. I really appreciate it. Great, Craig. Nice to be here. Yeah. Hey, look, um, just quickly, before we go into the nitty gritty of the fund and bits and pieces, what, what's your background? You've, you've got a fantastic looking team there. Um, what's the background of yourself and, um, and, and you know, what brought you into starting up Invictus Capital? Invictus Capital, sorry. Sure. So um, my background is actually in robotics engineering and I studied at uh, UCT in, in Cape Town here. And then, you know, always had a, an interest in finance and, you know, went to do some data science work for some finance companies out of varsity and kind of realized that the, the way of doing business or like the processes that exist in these finance companies is, is really dates back to like the 1970s. Like the, the technology they use is uh, very old and the processes they use, everything's like on Excel and PDFs and it's, it's very manual and process intensive. intensive. Um, so that, like alongside that, I got very interested into crypto and learned you know, a huge amount about Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and the, the, you know, how those kind of blockchain systems work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, off the back of that, got together with uh, four other guys. Uh, all of us have engineering, data science type backgrounds. Um, and we saw what was happening in the crypto space and thought that it was a problem that, you know, for the everyday trader, it wasn't easy to gain exposure to the crypto market. Um, and we thought that we could rebuild the way that, you know, index funds or finance in general is done by the ground, from the ground up um, through using blockchain tech. Um, and so we got together basically, and the first product we launched was Crypto20 in, in 2017. And that was the world's first tokenized index fund. Um, and that's pretty much we've gone from there then. We launched Invictus Capital as the you know, umbrella company under which we can launch more funds. And as you've mentioned, since then, we've launched four different funds, all of them based on our blockchain asset management platform. And each fund is a different, has a different kind of parameters. Uh, and our approach very much has been an engineering approach to fund construction or a, you know, a, a technical approach to asset management. Um, and we've really built the team from the five of us originally and now we have just under 30 people um, from all manner of backgrounds. Now, you know, multiple departments, not everyone is engineers, but we still have you know, half the company, I would say, is, is, is very tech focused. Wow, that's, um, that's impressive. Really great growth in a couple of years, mate. So congratulations on that. I mean, the launch of Crypto20, I do recall it, uh, it was widely covered within the space. So well done on that. I, I do remember that quite, quite well. Question about, um, you know, obviously that was in 2017, but how long did it take you guys to get to a point uh, for which you were actually able um, to get ready for? I mean, obviously, you know, you don't just come out and bang, you start up a, a fund and a, hey, presto, you've got, yeah. you've got a project up and running straight away. How much planning was it for you guys to get that Crypto20 fund ready to go? So I'd say it was uh, a bit longer than six months total, um, but that was working very aggressive hours when you worked 12 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week for those entire six months. Um, and then, you know, in December launched the fund and then people were able to invest. And, you know, since then have basically been continually improving our asset management platform and continually launching new funds. But the, the original setup and, you know, getting everything working um, and making sure that the fund would operate as we were wanting it to, as well as getting a community around uh, the company itself. Yeah, that took, took about six months. 
Okay. And um, I mean, when did you first get into crypto? I mean, that's what takes you sort of to the start of or midway through maybe May, May in 2017 to get yourself launched by December 2017. Um, when did you first have the inclination to get into this space and start investing? When were you introduced to it? Um, I'd say it was a year or two prior to, to the launch of our fund or the beginning of us, you know, becoming interested in, in launching a fund. Um, and it was really just by chance, you know, I was, I was actually at a hackathon for some uh, asset management company and one of the teams there had done a, a clearing house using a, a, an Ethereum token. And I got one of the guys uh, to explain to me like exactly how it works, you know, in the airport on, on the way back. Um, and he was just, you know, ex very simply explaining how Bitcoin works and all of a sudden it all clicked. And I'd, I'd been very familiar, I'd heard it, you know, in the past, but that was really the point at which I understood, you know, what, what the underlying technology was. Um, and as is the case with, with most people, as soon as I kind of got that initial explanation, I pretty much spent the majority of my time after that just researching crypto and learning more about, you know, different blockchain tech. And did you start buying it back then or was that just sort of an introduction to it? Yeah, I would have started buying a few months after that. Uh, you know, once you get over the, the initial hurdle of understanding crypto exchanges and, you know, feeling comfortable, you know, investing money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Well, that's quite an interesting uh, foray into the space, of course, starting quite early on, not as early as 2010 or nine or anything like that, but uh, definitely one of the early, uh, uh, early businesses and the very first index fund in the space. So well done on that. Um, as for the allocation, I know that you've got uh, a range of different funds, as you sort of just mentioned, uh, just a moment. Yeah. You've got margin lending. You've got obviously the crypto ten fund, which we'll have a look at in a minute. So, uh, the hyper uh, hyperion fund, crypto trading, right, yeah. real estate. Across those different funds, which one has been the most popular from an investor's point of view? Um, I'd say the the most popular two at the moment are definitely crypto ten hedged and the margin lending fund, which is to be launched within the next month or so. And the largest fund is still Crypto20, though, which we launched back in, back in 2017. And I think the reason for the popularity of the Crypto10 hedged and the margin lending fund is that it provides investors with an element of, in the case of Crypto10 hedged, uh, downside risk protection in a, in a falling market because the fund uh, hedges out into cash or rebalances into cash. So you're not entirely exposed to the crypto market at all times. And the margin lending fund uh, is definitely... A, Margin lending in general, I think, is a, is a very hot topic within the crypto industry at the moment. And the fund aims to capitalize on dollar-based returns, you know, earning interest on margin lending exchanges. So you would lend out uh, US dollars or true USD, for example, mm -hmm. um, on Binance or Bitfinex, and you get pretty high interest rates in comparison to what you'd get in the traditional market. And it's, it's just a similar premise that you know, Celsius and the like are working on, where you're able to get interest rates and in lending your crypto out. I mean, in our case, we focus specifically on dollar-based assets only. Um, so you're not exposed to the crypto market. Your returns are just relative to the volatility of crypto assets, uh, which people find quite attractive. And the returns for that, historically at least, have been within the region of um, 7 to 25% per annum, uh, which is insane for, for dollar-based returns. No, oh, sure is. It's, uh, yeah, that's absolutely crazy. Um, now, with the Crypto 20, I mean, I, I see here that... Um, You've you've got a, you've actually got XRP and Ethereum ahead of Bitcoin. Now I'm I'm very interested in that because most funds have Bitcoin as their leader. What gave you the reasoning for that? And um, yeah, what was the analysis into that sort of uh, having those ahead of Bitcoin? 
Sure. So, well, let me take a step back and explain the fund methodology for, yes. for actually both Crypto 10 Hex and Crypto 20. So both of these funds are passive index funds, right? And you generally have two types of management approaches to managing funds. They can either be actively managed or passively managed. And a, a famous active trader, for example, or actively managed fund would be Warren Buffett's funds, uh, where they have an investment committee that decides exactly what, what they'd like to invest in, right? Uh, as opposed to that, you have passive management, which is whereby the fund follows a predefined rule set. So if you invest in an ETF that trades the S&P 500, for example, the rule set that that S&P 500 fund follows is determined beforehand and it's, it's probably not going to change. Well, it's not going to change by design. And you'll invest in a, a basket of the top 500 uh, stocks in the US market. So we wanted to bring those, that kind of fund construct to the crypto space. And the reason for it is because actively managed funds in the long term uh, generally lose compared to passively managed funds. Uh, and there have been multiple bets taken between, between the likes of you know, John Bogle and you know, other active managers. And John Bogle was the inventor of the index fund in the 70s. Uh, to the extent that, well, you know, he basically proclaimed that on a 10-year span, there's no active management fund that'll you know, outperform uh, a passive similar fund. And he turned out to be correct, you know, as per two years ago, I think. So we wanted to bring uh, an index passive fund to the crypto space. And what this basically looks like, the, the rule set that the fund follows, um, in our case, is that for Crypto 20, on a weekly basis, you say, you take a snapshot of the market, and you say, what are the top 10, top 20, sorry, what are the top 20 cryptocurrencies? And then you rebalance the fund in accordance with that, taking into account some rules. So in our case, uh, the maximum asset cap for each fund component is 10%. So although Bitcoin is you know, up to 50% of the total market cap, our fund will only hold 10% Bitcoin. And ETH, for example, will also be 10% of the fund, all the way down to whatever the 20th currency is. Um, and that will, that will be maybe 0.7% of the fund, right? Yeah. And on a weekly basis, we take a new snapshot and we'll trade, if Bitcoin's now 15% of the fund, we'll trade it back down to 10%. And if a coin that was previously the 21st coin comes into the top 20, uh, we'll trade out now the coin that's dropped out and we'll get the new coin uh, in, in, the, in, the top in the top 20. And the same is the case for, for Crypto 10. And the approach we take to this uh, is very much one of a data science-based scientific approach to fund construction. Mm -hmm. So we'll take uh, trading data going back to 2015 when the first exchanges basically came up, um, 2013 actually, and we'll back test a whole bunch of different fund parameters and we'll try different rebalancing frequencies. So a weekly basis, uh, monthly basis, quarterly basis. We'll try different assets caps, so 20%, 5%, 10%. Um, and we'll look at different uh, number of assets, so 10, 10 currencies, 20 currencies, 50 currencies. And you basically construct a search space of all these different parameters. Um, and you simulate each of them over various market conditions. And you come out with a fund that has the kind of characteristics that you want. So in our case, we wanted to uh, outperform the total market cap and we wanted to have better return relative for the risk that investors are taking. So that's the approach we take to, to our fund construction. So to answer your, your question, uh, if you look at our, our Crypto20 website and you know, Ethereum is 12% or Ripple's 11% of the fund, um, that's just because we would have rebalanced uh, earlier in the week and now uh, the value of currencies has shifted relative to each other. So now it turns out that you know, Ripple, for example, is 12% of the fund and Bitcoin's 9% of the fund. And at the next weekly rebalance, we'll trade back such that it matches our, our rule set. 
And again, the important part is that this is a passive methodology. So as fund managers, we don't make any decisions with respect to what to buy or what to sell. So we're just aiming to get uh, you know, market exposure for our investors. Uh, and in the long term, this will be substantially better than trying to predict what's going to work and, and, and what, what isn't going to work in terms of making trading decisions. Well, that makes sense. And I mean, do you rebalance it each week? Because I'm, I'm imagining that um, with the top 20, with Crypto 20, um, you know, the, the, the 19th and 20th tokens may actually be changing quite frequently as it can be a, yeah. you know, a fairly close level there. Yeah, that's true. So we do for our index funds, uh, all of them to date are rebalanced on a weekly basis. And generally you want that to be the case because crypto markets are very volatile and you know, for example, if you did rebalancing on a, on a quarterly basis, as is the case for traditional funds, you can have a coin that was previously in the ninth position now drop down to the 56th position and you've completely lost out on, you know, all of that movement. Um, so a, a reasonably fast uh, or high frequency rebalancing is required. Um, and in the case where coins drop off from the 20th to the 21st position, for example, generally that's a very small percentage of the fund. So it'll be you know, maybe 0.5% of the total fund uh, value that's, that's now needing to be shifted between two coins. So the, the trading cost incurred in doing that uh, isn't that high. And it's certainly worth uh, the upside of actually tracking the market on a, on a weekly basis. Well, that was what I was going to ask next about the, uh, the fees. I mean, when, you're, when you are um, you know, activating in and out of the market or coming in and out of the market, I mean, even with the size of the fund being that it's you know, 15 million roughly at the moment, uh, you know, 1.3%, you're still looking at 150,000 or more. Sure. Are you, have you got some good relationships with some OTC desks? I mean, obviously that's a good way for you to do it without affecting the market, but also to get your allocation relatively well locked in. Is that how you operate? So we do a combination of uh, trading in-house and, you know, using OTC desks, as you described. Uh, generally, we find that the liquidity for, you know, everything in the top 20 is, is, is very substantial. And even when the fund at its peak was $160 million, uh, we were still able to trade with very minimal slippage across multiple exchanges to get the kind of asset allocation strategy we want. So we'd only go to OTC providers uh, if there was very thin liquidity. And you know, generally what we found is that the, the fees they charge on, on trades are not worth what you'd be able to trade yourself internally if you had the resources to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you are looking at top 20 and top 10, obviously. So there is a fairly yeah. sizable liquidity pools available um, to that. So that's, um, that's really interesting, actually. Um, so look, let's go back to the, um, the Crypto 10 fund at yeah. the moment, which I think uh, you're launching. Or you want to tell us a little bit? Obviously, you know, it's an index fund with the top 10, but um, is it launching? What, what sort of stage are you guys with at the moment with that? Sure. So the Crypto 10 fund is, is currently live and has been live since May of, of this year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And the, the, the thing about this fund that differentiates it from Crypto 20, for example, because both of them are, are passive index funds, is the cash hedge component. And again, it's a, a passive rule set that basically says um, for X percent movement up or down total market cap, allocate X percent of the fund you know, into or out of, of cash. Um, and we would do the same kind of data science scientific approach to fund construction, where we look at different uh, cash allocation methodologies, different capping methodologies, you know, different rebalancing frequencies and all of that. And you'd come out with the, the fund that we have come out with, which gives the best returns relative to risk obtained. Um, and the unique thing about this fund, again, is just that the, the cash allocation uh, prevents 
the potential loss that an investor could have, right? So if you look specifically over the past you know, year and a half where crypto has been on a, on a pretty strong downward trajectory, you largely find that there are these overall you know, macro trends in the market. And the Crypto 10 hedge fund uh, basically uses that uh, to slowly start going into cash as the market falls and falls. And as an example, uh, you know, this past, past few days, actually, you've seen the markets drop by you know, 20, 30% in some cases. Um, and prior to that, because of the previous market movement and the asset allocation strategy, uh, the Crypto 10 hedge fund was 91% in cash. Mm. So when the market drops by 20%, you know, as an investor in our fund, your drawdown is limited because the fund is majority in cash at, at this point in time. And I mean, what, what gets you to cash? I mean, that's what I'm fascinated about because yes, we, I mean, what, what, yes, we've seen a big fall recently. Now in that period of time, I mean, did you see it coming or is it based on a 10% move therefore go to cash? Is that, you know, it's gotta be something that's an algorithm that um, sure. allows so it is an algorithm. easily. So what is it? Yeah. In the, in the same way, pay, but you know, give us a rough idea around it. Sure. In, in the same way that uh, Crypto 20 or the S&P 500 follows a set methodology, the Crypto 10 hedge fund in the exact same way follows also a set methodology. So it again happens on a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, take a snapshot of the market, look at what the market movement has been for the week prior, and then decide what your asset allocation is going to be between cash and the top 10 index. And then you know, trade into cash and then for the top 10 index, you rebalance as you would for the Crypto 20 fund. So there's no future predictions being made. It's a simple, uh, you know, algorithmic based decision. What happened to the total market cap? Therefore go X percent into or out of cash. Um, the clever part just comes in knowing what that X percent into or out of cash should be or knowing what the rebalancing frequency or the asset cap or the number of assets should be. Um, and again, we, we just use a data science based approach to see what fund is likely to perform in the way that we want. And because we can back test over so many different market conditions and simulate so many different fund types, we have a reasonably good idea over you know, what kind of fund characteristics are going to provide the drawdown protection that we're looking for for our investors. Um, but we're not making predictions about what's going to happen in the future. Um, we're just got reasonable intu intuition around the fund methodology itself. Uh, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does, mate. It does, for sure. Uh, so what you get paid for is to, uh, to make sure that you're managing things correctly and that's what your skill set is. So what's your typical investor then? So our, our investors are very, you know, broad all around the world, both retail and institutional investors. And I'd say to date, at least, we've got a community of around 15,000 investors uh, across our funds. And a lot of them come from, you know, the, from the EU or UK, London, uh, Germany, Australia is a very prominent investor hub for us, actually. And generally, the people who are interested in our funds are those who understand that, you know, an index fund, for example, is a long-term play, and you should take the long-term approach to asset management. The, we don't really attract traders who are looking to exit and enter funds at a, at a frequent basis because our funds aren't really designed uh, with those kind of people in mind, right? We're, we're more looking for uh, people who understand the passive methodology and that it's going to win out in the long term. So the people we've, we've got in our community today to our investors and our funds are generally more tech savvy people, uh, you know, who, who have been in the crypto market for quite some time, hold a substantial amount of Bitcoin and are now looking for simplified exposure to the market in general that doesn't require continual active effort on their part. Um, and we find that the funds that we've created, you know, caters to that, to that need quite well, specifically for, for the index funds.
So is that basically somebody who might have um, had some success um, by being an early Bitcoin adopter uh, or buyer, and they're sort of going, look, I know I got lucky. Um, let's let's put up, put some of this money into the hands or put some of this Bitcoin into the hands of experts so that uh, I, ne- I need not get lucky in the future. I can be managed uh, relatively passively across that portfolio. Yeah, often that is the case, or it could be the case that someone's just looking to gain access to crypto exposure. Um, and we strongly believe that the best way to gain access to crypto exposure is just through an index fund. So the simple decision for even the novice trader who doesn't have any crypto at the moment would be to look at you know, index fund type options in the same way that you wouldn't go out to a stock exchange and try pick and choose which stocks you think are going to, to perform best. You would rather buy a basket of stocks, you know, analogous to the S&P 500. Um, so we, we, we fulfill that need for new entrants into the, into the crypto you know, space. Okay. And have you had much interest from family offices and that sort of thing? Or has it mostly been, I mean, you see 15,000 different investors, which is quite incredible. Um, you really timed it very, very well to, to get a, a very large level of investors. And um, I mean, have you seen you know, larger investors outside of the crypto space start to take interest or were they taking interest at the beginning? I mean, what sort of a mix have you got across your investor board? So there's definitely a, you know, I'd say a small percentage, but you know, still significant of family offices or very high net worth individuals or people running hedge funds, for example, mm-hmm. who find our products interesting. Um, and although they account for a, you know, a small percentage of the entire best investor base, it's generally a substantial amount of capital that they're willing to put into to funds like this as part of their broader you know, asset allocation strategy. And the, the other kind of class of investor is more institutional investors. If you look at you know, traditional asset managers or people managing pension funds, for, for example, is the like hallmark traditional space. Um, they've always been very interested in crypto from our perspective. And it's just a matter of regulation kind of catching up and the, the products we're developing catching up to what these institutions are, you know, comfortable with. So that's a large part of what we're working on, um, you know, in getting traditional asset management licenses to launch more traditional asset management products uh, that aren't necessarily tokenized. Uh, in the way that we have tokenized the current funds we have on our platform. Okay. And what uh, I mean, with, with the different funds, I mean, how are you making it across that? Obviously, there's a management fee. Is that right? Correct. So in, in, in pretty much all cases, there's a management fee. And in some cases, there's a performance fee as well. So for example, our Hyperion fund is a venture capital fund, uh, which is very different from the passive index funds we've spoken about. And the, the mandate of this fund is to invest in early stage blockchain projects. Um, so you know, if the fund is super successful, we get a minimal uh, annual management fee to keep ongoing operational expenses. But to make sure that we're fully aligned with investors, there's also a performance fee that we would only ever receive, you know, if the fund performs well above some, some hurdle benchmark. Makes sense. Perfect. Well, Matthew, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, going through and discussing some of the different options we, you have available uh, at Invictus Capital. Mate, um, for those who are listening, uh, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that do have an interest, where do they find out more about yourself, the fund, and uh, keep plugged into what's going on? I'd say visiting InvictusCapital.com is definitely your best bet. We've got information about you know, ourselves, all the funds we have, different products we have. Um, and if you sign up for a newsletter, we do weekly market wraps, you know, as well as publishing articles on a, on a reasonably frequent basis to keep people up to date and you know, what we think about the crypto space in general. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with uh, Matthew Finlayson, who is the co-founder of Invictus Capital. 
who have the Crypto 10 and also the Crypto 20 uh, index funds, amongst others. So get across to Invictus Capital, that's with an I, dot com, and have a look at what they're all about. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. Great. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Bye for now.